Uh, we've got Mitch McLean on the podcast today. Mitchell, thanks for being with us. Always good to see you. Good to talk to hey, you. Thanks for having <laughs> me. This is cool. I like that you're doing this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, it's nice that I have a couple of close friends to help me get this thing started. Um, but uh, Mitch McLean of the Milwaukee Admirals, um, we're going to kind of start at the beginning, uh, give you a chance to, you know, kind of talk us through your youth, your high school days, um, you know, into into your time up in Langley, Bowling Green, and then with, with Iowa, and of course now with Milwaukee. Um, so we'll just kind of start at the beginning. Um, you know, what, what made you want to be a hockey player? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, my mom, not really an uh, athletic background, and my dad played college basketball, so um, not sure how we fell into hockey as a family, but it was just something I really wanted to do when I was younger. And as soon as I got the skates on, I didn't want to stop. And, um, I kind of had that love, uh, still do, I guess, still have that love to excited to go to the rink every day. So I've been fortunate enough to love what I do and be able to do it for a long time so far. Yeah, certainly, uh, a lot of hard work has gone into that. Um, I know, uh, obviously at, your time at Brainerd High School, you guys had some pretty, pretty good teams, a lot of good talent. Um, just kind of talk about how maybe that helped you progress uh, as, a, as a player. Yeah, I mean, um, everyone always says what you do when no one's watching separates you, right? But I was fortunate enough to have about seven, eight guys that were doing it when no one was watching. And uh, I mean, I just think that community makes it a lot easier every day. And then you get top tier guys that play D1 hockey or win Stanley Cups like Josh Archibald did. And he was a couple years older than us. And um, just that role model and then the guys from below pushing you and then your age group pushing you. I think just the ability to go to the gym every day or go on the ice and either pick up things or teach things to people or just finding a way to help each other get to where you want to be and then also not lose sight of that team goal. I think it was just a fortunate situation growing up. And I think if you asked anyone of that group, they'd all say the same thing. Yeah. And I, I think that's, it's kind of rare at that age for the, the group that you had for as many guys to kind of understand that if, if we don't figure this thing out together, it's not going to work out for any of us individually. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and not I think you guys, you guys had a really mature group. Um, and I just think that's kind of a rare thing at that age. But um, so, so after high school, obviously a pretty successful career. Um, talk us through how you landed in uh, the BCHL, if you would. Yeah, uh, kind of a crazy story. Vancouver, Canada is the BCHL area west there. And uh, I was playing in the Minnesota All-Star game for high school after the season. And um, Bobby Henderson from Langley, he was one of the guys watching the games and really liked my game. And when you grow up in Minnesota, you want to play in the USHL or the NHL. You want to stick close to home and you want to go to the University of Minnesota and play for the golfers and all that stuff. But uh, as you go through the process, you realize that there's just many journeys and different maps for everybody's career. And um, it was funny. Um, the best advice I ever got was go with who asks you to the ball. Don't wait for the one that doesn't, you know, and uh, Bobby called me every single day and he uh, sold Langley to me. 
he told me how much he wanted me and how much he thought he could give me the D1. And those are just things like as a, from a coach's standpoint, talking to a player, I mean, that's everything you want to hear. Right. And I believed him. I, he, he, he sold it to me and I was lucky that when I went there, he, he promised and he delivered. So, um, it was pretty awesome that just out of nowhere, a guy from Vancouver, Canada wanted me to go play. And, um, his interest level in me just after a couple of times watching was pretty cool that, uh, it worked out the way it did. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, and, and it's, it's cool to hear you say, you know, a guy that's at the level that you are now to say, um, that there, there are several different avenues to get to where you want to be. Right. And I think, um, you know, some of the, some of the guys that I work with have a mindset of, okay, I got to do this, this, and this in order to play division one baseball or whatever it might be. Um, and in reality, it's, it's much more fluid than that. Right. Like, uh, very rarely is the path to success linear. You know, there's, there's a lot of valleys and, and things of that nature. Um, and especially the guys that you you're working with and then like hockey, like I think hockey is like such a unique scenario where you're not going to college 80% of the time as an 18 year old, as a true freshman, you know, and you get to go play juniors for two years. And then when you go to college, you're a 20, 21 year old young man already, instead of a kid still, I think that's such an advantage in hockey or guys that come to you guys uh, to play baseball and they get two extra years of college. Yes. But to grow before they're ready to go to the next level where they're supposed to be mm-hmm. and people develop late, not all the popcorn pops at the same time. Right. You know, and it's just one of those things where it's hard. It's hard when you're in the forest to see the path, but once you find the path and you're over the trees, like it's, it's, you can still get to the same spot. I mean, I think that's probably the single biggest thing I've learned in my pro career too is that to be patient when you want it now, when I want my results now, I want everything yes. right now, but there's a process to it. Not everybody gets it right now. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And so if you, it, you said the word process there, uh, the two big words that stood out to me, patience and process. Um, you know, I've always tried to be a more of a process oriented guy, like a systems oriented guy, not really worried too much about what lies ahead. Um, but just trusting that if I'm doing things the right way on a daily basis, you know, ultimately it'll work out. Um, so what kind of things do you do on a daily basis to, to make sure you're staying in the moment, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think, uh, the one thing I really, I really like to do, and I've started to do, uh, later here in my career is I get to the rink early whether that's practice or a game and my things just have a coffee when I get there, but it's time to like decompress and appreciate what I'm doing. You know, whether I slept good or didn't sleep well, I know when I get to the rink and I have that coffee, that's my opportunity to decompress, appreciate where I am and then change my mood to however I need to get through it or be a good teammate. And I think that's just something that really has centered me the last few years for sure. Um, versus when you get there late, I mean, some guys like getting there late and feeling rushed and like, let's just go, 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 go and get out of here. Um, I like to get there early and appreciate what I'm doing. Maybe have some time to just decompress, you know, from whatever it is, 
yeah. bad sleep or anxiety of just want to play well tonight. I'm excited to play and just kind of chill out and not round yourself up too much. So that's yeah. just something I've done day to day. Yeah. And that, and that's, I mean, that's huge. A key to success is just having a, a ritual or a routine that kind of helps you get your mind right. Um, very, very good stuff. Um, so kind of talk us through, uh, obviously you spent two, two years there in Langley. Um, and ultimately that led to you earning a spot on the roster at Bowling Green. So kind of talk us through that process. Sim- it's similar to the, the Juco baseball route. Yeah. Uh, kind of talk sure. us through that, how that worked. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're playing out there in junior, you got scouts coming to every game, watching you play from colleges. Right. And, uh, I was, again, like, you never know who's watching. You never know what relationships you're creating. Ty Eigner was the assistant coach at Bowling Green. And uh, when we were growing up, Blake, he was the high school coach in Brainerd. So, I mean, he, yeah, he saw me when I was five, six, seven years old, but he, he knew that I worked extremely hard and I loved being a hockey player at just a young age. So when he gets recruiting for Bowling Green and sees me in the BCHL and we have that relationship, it's it's easy for us to connect over something right away. Right. And then he also has seen me grow up and he knows who I am, who my parents are, where I come from. And I think that just makes kind of like the process of going to the university and finding yourself in somewhere you want to be that much more enjoyable. And I think I got very lucky with that. Yeah. um, That's, that's a big thing um, that we talk about in our program too, is, you're kind of always being, I don't want to say watched. You're always being evaluated, right? Like from, from what you do in the dorms or in your apartment to what you do in the weight room, to what you do on the field, what you do in the classroom. Uh, I mean, the way you walk across campus, like all those things add up. And, um, you know, like you said, you had a connection with coach Eigner, um, and, and it, at some point down the road, you know, if guys are doing things the right way on a daily basis, you never know when it's going to pay off for you. Right. Um, so that's kind of a big thing that, that we we really try to emphasize is, um, you know, being a part of our program might have a little more responsibility, but with that, there's going to be some reward too, because it kind of, it kind of keeps you on a straight and narrow. Yeah, right. For sure. And, and, and it's not to say that, you aren't going to slip up one day and you aren't going to do something that you shouldn't have done or you, but you'll, you'll know if you do the right thing enough all the time, 90% of the time, when you do something that you shouldn't have done or something that wasn't part of the journey, that's going to keep you in the right direction, you know, and you feel it mm-hmm. and you don't let it happen again, the best to your ability. And that's like, that's the key, right? Yeah. That's the key yeah. to walking that line. You don't need to be perfect every time, but you better yeah. be perfect darn near close to perfect you know yeah yeah no it's that's awesome stuff um absolutely um so so you're at bowling green uh you're a freshman you're what 20 years old at this time or are you still 19 yeah 20 as a freshman 20 year old freshman um and obviously you're not alone in that you got other guys on the team who have, have kind of gone through the yeah. same process um but but just kind of talk us through your experience there at bowling green um I know you were named captain, I believe. Was it just for your senior year? Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so kind of talk us through, you know, how you developed into that role. Yeah. So 
I think, uh, I think it's cool. You, you obviously have your leaders, your senior class, your upper class, when you want to lead the way um, in college and stuff like that. But I think you have your age captains as well, right? So our freshman class, you knew instantly who the leaders were, right? Who was in the mix of that, who kind of carried themselves a different way, um, kind of just like felt that responsibility. And I was a captain in Langley um, both years I was there. So like it was not something that was forced. It was a natural thing. And I think um, when it's natural and you can just be yourself, I think that's when you lead the best, right? Um, but I think that's a four-year journey. I don't think you're just a, a captain or a leader your senior year. I think that's a development of four years of putting in the work, showing up, doing the right things, learning from older guys, giving advice to younger guys. I think that's a whole four-year process. But, um, I mean, especially in hockey, you get to wear that letter on your jersey, and everybody knows that you're the captain when you're playing. And uh, I think that that process, again, the process, the process, but that whole journey to get to your senior year where you get to wear the letter and you finally get to show everyone who the captain is, I think it all works into one. So I think it's, yeah. I think, I think you can, you can lead as a freshman. There's things you can do to lead as a freshman, right? And whether that's just being a rah-rah upbeat guy, that's still leading. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it absolutely ties together there. Um, like we talked about with, you know, your goals as an athlete, it, it's, it's delayed gratification, right? You got to continue to put the work in and, and trust that it's, it's going to work out, even though you can't, you can't see, you don't know for sure what the result is going to be. Um, and, and that's what, when somebody names you a captain of a team, that's why it's so special because you're just, you know, doing things the right way. That's probably not on your mind as a freshman, you know, you're not thinking, Oh, I want to be right. the captain my senior year. I'm just, I'm just going about my business the right way every day. Uh, and ultimately uh, everybody around me is going to be better because of that. They're going to notice that. Uh, and, and ultimately, you know, leads to the letter on the, on the Jersey, on the sweater. Yeah. And I think, and just every captain I've had in growing up here, even, you can take something from every single one of them that you love and that why they're in that spot. And I mean, am I a good example? Am I going to always be as hard on guys or as demanding as someone like Josh Archibald was when we were younger, he was above and beyond his years with where the line was like, this is the line. But at the same time, that expectation I, I've carried that with, with me all the way through. Like, here's the line, and we're pushing the line further. Like, we're not settling for less than the line, you know. And that was something I learned from an 18-year-old kid. And, I mean, that's the reason he's a Stanley Cup champion. Like, yeah. it's hard to deal with when you're a 15, 16-year-old kid in high school playing with a guy who's already at that level of competition and wants to be. Like, when we're at work, we're at work. You know, yeah. um, I yeah. think that was a cool lesson. And then anything in between you learn from guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that culture of success just kind of, uh, you know, it, it pushes everybody. You take a little bit from a guy like Matt Polkamp, a little bit from a guy like Josh Archibald, two very different people. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, you know, like you said, it, you were in, in a really, really nice situation there with, with so many good guys and, 
guys that just wanted to to show up and compete every day. Um, so even uh, even our baseball group, I mean, we saw a lot of success playing a lot of baseball. Yeah. And while we we knew we were good and we knew that the guys on that group, your basketball guys, the hockey guys, the wrestlers, whoever we had, we were going to work and compete. We had a lot of fun. Like that was a group that could have a lot of fun playing and still play well, yeah. you know, and, and that's something too. Like if guys are better relaxed, maybe the relaxed culture where you don't have to hold everyone so accountable because they just do it themselves just by the yeah. work they do. Right. You can have fun. It can be relaxed. Whereas sometimes it can't be. And that's something the group learns, right? That's just not a leader. Yeah. That's a group learning that. So. Yeah. And, and that's, that's been part of uh, a little bit of what I've struggled with this year is, you know, I'm a guy that shows up, like, I'm just happy to be coaching baseball every day. Like, I, I'm really happy that I'm not at my old job, you know, <laughs> working, <laughs> working eight to four, Monday through Friday. Like, I am so grateful to be where I'm at. Um, it, but then there are times, you know, where, okay, yeah, we want to show up and we want to enjoy being at the field. But how do we balance that with getting our stuff done in, in the right manner too, you know? Uh, I don't know if you've been in any situations like that, but um, how do you, how do you kind of balance that? You know, like, yeah, you want to show up and have fun and enjoy it. But at the end of the day, you got to, you got to get it done too. I, I, I truly believe that you have to set the standard of this is just, we're going to work no matter what happens this day, no matter how bad we feel, no matter how junky our test was, our girlfriend dumped us. When we're at baseball for three hours, two hours, we are going to work. And then when that becomes habit and it's an everyday thing and you never have to worry about the work, then the, the fun stuff happens, right? You get yeah. to have fun. You get to celebrate good plays in practice. You get to celebrate all kinds of stuff, guys, birthdays, but you don't lose focus on the stuff. And that's when all the cool things happen. When that standard of no matter what we're doing today, we're going to work. We're going to be present. We're going to be good teammates. Well, that's just a no matter what, and that's a non-negotiable. Then you see teams really start to climb the ladder. So every good team I've been on, we've been able to just work. No just workers, which has fit my style because I don't bring much other than work and maybe a couple <laughs> jokes. So, <laughs> but, No, man, that, I mean, that is just really good stuff. Um, yeah. uh, really, I'm really excited that uh, we're able to share this with, whoever chooses to listen. Um, yeah. but, but that's really good stuff. Um, so let's kind of, let's kind of pick it up, you know, your final year at Bowling Green. Um, how did, how did the process go? Cause you, you landed in Des Moines, obviously, which was awesome for me as well. <laughs> um, but, but kind of talk about that process of like becoming a pro, you know, like your last year at Bowling Green, you're the captain of the team. Okay. You're a leader got it but there's got to be there's got to be something that maybe in your mindset shifts a little bit when you say okay now I'm playing professional hockey or was yeah. it not maybe I'm wrong there um it's it's funny right because it's you, you tr we just talked about it earlier like you don't want to look too far ahead mm -hmm. but 
the reason I went to play college hockey, I wanted to get a degree for sure. Very thankful I finished the four years and got a degree, but I, I wanted to play pro hockey. Like that's what I wanted to do with my time at Bowling Green. I wanted to get there and be prepared. And I kind of got that taste when I was a junior um, I had a good season and I kind of just like had that feeling like I can go do that. That's a real thing now. Right. And uh, so you go through your senior year and I was lucky enough to be on a good team and was in the moment enough that I didn't get distracted with. I want to be a pro hockey player. I use that more as my guide each day. Like this is what I need to do. I need to be a pro. And then uh, it happens so quick and you show up. And again, that you get back in a new situation, you're the new guy and a freshman and you're the young guy and you haven't been here and you kind of follow the herd, Yeah. Um, which I think helped that I was older too, that I could manage myself while following the herd versus mm -hmm. sometimes when you get younger, you just kind of follow the crowd and you kind right. of struggle with what you're doing too, right? Um, so I think I was fortunate in the fact that my maturity because I was older um, I don't know how I would have handled it. Like a guy like Mason Shaw, who we both know, yeah. playing professional hockey at 19 years old. Uh, like I can't even, yeah. I, I remember myself at 19 and <laughs> I can't even fathom walking into a room with men, with kids and who've been playing for 12 years yeah. and at 19 and being present and ready and ready to contribute. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing the different, paths man it's just crazy yeah. yeah like who's ready when and maybe being ready at 25 is better than being ready at 19 and it's 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 interesting right. stuff but, um yeah that's i got lucky too i came in that first iowa team we stuck around the next year they had some big time players on that team mm -hmm. you know um so that makes it easy too when you get to watch guys that are dialed in every day cal o'reilly sam annis Jerry Mayhew, Kyle Rao, like, yeah, that team had yeah. some big time players on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really good perspective, man. To like, when you said sometimes it's better to, if, if you're ready at 25 instead of 19, you know, it just comes back to being patient and staying in the moment. Um, I think, and those are, you know, those are skills really. Um, and, and if you can figure out how to kind of, manage yourself like you said um you're giving yourself a really good chance to get where you want to be uh and, and that's really really good perspective there um so uh, another question i had is obviously your role in high school your role in langley at bg with the wild and now with the admirals your role has has not always been the same right it's, it's probably a little bit different everywhere you go right um, so so kind of, I guess the question is how, how do you adjust? Like when you, when you go to a new place, you're on a new team, how do you adjust into the, the role that it really, you're kind of assigned to a role at the beginning, right? How do Correct. you kind of adjust and, and manage that? Yeah. I think, uh, especially when you go somewhere new, usually somebody's asked you to come there or you've chosen to go there and people instantly have expectations for you whether they're realistic or unrealistic or not what you want to be or what you want to be. I mean, people instantly have expectations for you. And especially for me growing up, being one of the best players on every team that I was on and asked to play power, play penalty kills, score goals, 
carry the offense, you know, stuff like that. And then I get to pro and that expectation goes to, we're going to give you 10 minutes. You're going to hit everything in sight and not get scored on. And if you chip in, that's great. Um, okay. That's what I'm going to do. And then you figure out like, Oh, I do that. Well, I get a little more and a yeah. little more. And then your expectations for yourself grow. And I just think, especially in pro hockey, this is a job now. It's yeah. not, yeah. it's not like, let's go have fun. And I mean, it's fun, but this is a job. Mm-hmm. And if I try to be somebody that they don't want me to be, or that I'm not able to be, I'm never going to be Cal O'Reilly and score 70 points in this league, but I can be Mitch McLean and hit everything fight and do the dirty, dirty work and score 15 and be good on faceoffs and know my assignments. And I can stick around for 10 years in the league. I mean, that's, that's something I think that again, maturity and like being self-aware um, of what's going on around you and who you are as a player and the tools you've kind of uh, put into your toolbox over the years as a hockey player or a baseball player or a lawyer or whatever else, right? Mm -hmm. The tools that you pick up and put into your game, um, those are things that help you sustain and then grow. Um, But the self-awareness of what your role is and what you're really good at and what you bring, I mean, that's got to be your foundation with everything. You can't lose that trying to be something you're not, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the good stuff right there, man. Uh, last week when I talked with Connor Watson, we talked about, you know, you, you got to start with a purpose and identity. You said, you mentioned it, you know, who you are, your self-awareness. Okay. And then you've got your systems. It's how about how you go about your, your work every day. And then the very last thing it, it, are your goals. Right. And, and it's fine to have goals, but if you have goals without that foundation, there's no, there's no meaning to any of that stuff. Right. And and it's so much easier to live a life of this is who I am. I'm going to try to make this version of me better. I'm not going to try to be someone that I'm not, you know, and and I, I tend to look at that now that I'm not playing anymore as, as more of a, how I, how I do things on a daily basis, but as an athlete, Uh, I mean, you really, you really got to bring it every day. Like as far as skills go, like as far as your contributions to the team, like you have to understand, like you said, if you're, if you're trying to go out there and score 70 goals in a season, I mean, it's, that's just not who you are. It's not going to work. Right. No. Uh, So I I appreciate you saying that. That's, uh, that's something that we talk about a lot. So um I don't know if you have anything else to add, but that's, I just, for now that you're a coach, um, do you think now that you're a coach, do you think you would have been a better player if you had the knowledge you have as a coach? Do you think you would have been a better player? Absolutely. I mean, without a doubt, like that things really started to click for me my last year at Luther. And that was because I took the extra time to, you know, have conversations with people who are more mature than I was, you know, and shoot, even up until a couple of years ago, I mean, yeah, I was coaching part-time, but I, I, now that I'm, I'm in it full-time and I've really kind of figured out how to do it, you know, it, it's right. 
I can't, I can't, <laughs> if I could go back and, and start over with the knowledge that I have and the maturity that I have now, a hundred percent. I mean, it, it's such an advantage. And I know we had a couple guys um, at Simpson over the last couple of years who over the summertime would coach, whether it be little league or high school, middle school, whatever. I mean, they specifically one guy, his name is Josh Breitbart. He's a fantastic human being. Uh, he came back and <laughs> guy had never hit a home run in his life before he had, he had seven his senior year. And, and he was just <laughs> the one of our, you know, the guy that it, if he was on the field, everybody just felt like better about things. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I, yeah. I really do believe that experience uh, absolutely would encourage guys who are still playing to coach. Um, and, and I guess this is a good segue now uh, for you. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your hockey academy up in Minnesota. Um, I guess when, at what point did it really become a reality? I mean, I know like everybody's got an idea that they want to do something. Yeah. Um, but when did you kind of start to put that plan into action? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the reason I asked you is um, when our season got cut from COVID and then we were off for, eight months, I think, or seven months mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, of no hockey at all. I mean, we didn't go back till the next January. We didn't even start playing till February. Yeah. And uh, so during the winter, youth sports were going on in Brainerd. Well, I wanted to be on the ice. And I, you know, yeah. um, and I wanted to help. And I was able to go back and help do some skill stuff and just be on the ice with the kids and kind of goof around with them and um, kind of see where Brainerd hockey was at as far as uh, the skill and the mentality and what they were teaching and stuff like that. And um, sat down with a buddy of ours, Zach Holman yeah. had talked to Joey Frazier and Chris Polkamp, who we were coaching the high school girls with um, full time. And then uh, we added Cole Smith into that group, um, another Brainerd guy. And it just, we just said, we got to do it now. If we're going to do it, we can't do it when we're 40. We got to do it when we can relate to these kids and we can give them our energy. You know, when you have other stuff going on, it's like, it's no excuse, but when you have a family and you have a house and car and other things going on, when you have life going on, it's hard to be at the rink six hours a day coaching. It, it just is. It's not realistic. And um, none of us have any of that for the most part, we, you know, right. Uh, right. and we're just in our careers. Joey's coaching the Medicine Hat Tigers right now. I mean, he's the top of the coaching food chain. And uh, we got a guy in Cole Smith who's played in the NHL and myself in the American Hockey League and Chris Polkamp's in Europe. And we just it was the right opportunity to give as much back as we could. And uh, I, I don't know why, I don't know. I just took the lead with it and said, okay, I'm going to start doing this and get all this backstory going. And I had a business guy help me figure it out. And um, yeah, we, I mean, we talked about it and talked about it. And then I was just like, you know what, we're doing it. We're going to take the risk. And if it stinks, we'll do it one year. And if it's really good, hopefully we do it a bunch of years, but um, it turned out really good. So good. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Definitely, definitely something that um, maybe some people will hear this uh, if they haven't heard of your academy. Um, definitely worth looking into the Lakes Hockey Academy. Um, you guys have a social media page for that and everything. 
Yeah, we're getting, we're on all the socials. So okay, um, excellent. Yeah, yeah. That's why I asked you. I wanted to know because when I was helping coach these kids, all you all you ever hear is oh, the coach is telling you what to do, what to do, what to do, what to do. Yeah. But then you are in that role, and the game's so easy. It looks so easy when you're coaching or watching, right? It looks so easy, and then when you're playing, it's going a million miles an hour and you're thinking this, this, and this, and then other things happen. And Mm -hmm. I really started to understand what people had been asking me or that they see it a different way. Mm -hmm. Not that my way was wrong or right or whatever, but that there's other ways to do things or um, their ideas, you know, they're not, they're not barking at me. They're, they're coaching me. And uh, I think I've always been a coachable guy. But even coaching and like trying to explain yourself for the way I see it or what's going on and then being able to relate to somebody who goes, I don't get it. This is what I was doing. I don't get what you're asking me to do. I think it's no, no, no coincidence that um, after I've done that, I'm having my best pro career or best pro season right now. I think coaching helped me be a better player. And that's why I asked you that. Yeah. That, well, really good question. Uh, didn't see it coming. So <laughs> thanks for keeping me on my toes, but, Curveball. Curveball. but yeah. <laughs> no, man, I mean, I, you nailed it. Like it's just a different perspective and that's what it's all about. You know, the, the more, the more that you're open to, like if you can open yourself up to, to even if somebody you might not agree with, like get some different perspective on things. Uh, it's it's only going to make you that much better, um, and, and that's you know some of these some of these college baseball programs. Like I'm in my first year, you know the guys that are sophomores they had a different pitching coach last year, and the year before that there was a different pitching coach. So like trying to you know help them understand that that I'm not I'm not just I'm not here just to you know take the next step on the ladder. Like I'm actually here because I want to make, not make you guys better, help you guys get better. You know, I want to give you the tools to be successful. Um, I kind of got away from the point there, but, but I think it's, it can be tough, you know, if it's just constantly a cycle of different people coming through um, some, some continuity uh, as a college athlete, it, it's really beneficial. Um I just wanted to touch on that. I kind of got well, away from the point there. you. So you're starting yeah. to build relationships with these guys and you're starting to learn their game in the way mm-hmm. I'm just going to talk like I know baseball, but yeah, like their, delivery, their delivery and maybe his slider slides different, you know, you know, stuff like yeah. that. And um, his throwing mechanics are different or he comes down hard over the top or he's more of a side, you know, you're starting to learn that from them they know what they think works. Mm-hmm. You can help them get better, suggest other things, or instead of this is how we're doing it, it's a conversation. Like you said, like, we're going to get better together. This is the way I'm seeing it. I would like you to try this. If it's uncomfortable, tell me why you think it's this or what, blah, blah, or you're struggling with this. And I think that's as a guy who played and who's a young guy, I think, from a player's perspective, your players will appreciate you meeting them halfway on that. 
at yeah. the end of the day, you're still the coach and they're still the player. Yeah. But hey, like, what's going to make our bullpen the best? What do you guys like? What don't you like? And tell yeah. me why. Yeah. If you don't yeah, like, if you don't like running outfield poles, tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's no, I can't think of anything else to do right now. We're going to run them. You know? but, um, no, I'd, no, I'd, I'd be, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It's, it's all about, it's all about that relationship piece. And I think I, I envy is probably not the right word. I'm excited for you. Cause I want to be there too. someday. I want to coach and uh, I want to be, involved in doing that when I'm done playing and I'm excited for you because I know how much you love it mm-hmm. and I also know how much you you you've you've noticed that sometimes you need to take a step back and listen not that you didn't do it before but how important it is to not just hey this is my way and this is the way we're doing it yeah no we're going to find a way that works best for us and that's what we're going to do and we're going to go through with that and if we need to change it and click it a different way, we're going to do that. Yeah. And so I'm really excited for you. I like hearing all your stuff. Um, it's exciting, man. It's cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and thanks for giving us your time. I just have a couple more questions. Um, pretty broad really. Um, so do with these, what you, what you feel. Um, <laughs> the first, the first one is, and we've touched on this a little bit. Um, but, but really what, what is leadership to you? You know, what, what does that mean? I think uh, if you were to take someone out of a a situation off a team, out of a day-to-day cycle and things fell apart, I think that person would be a leader. I think when people notice something's off because someone's not there, I think that person's a leader and that can be in many different things. Um, so a leader is someone who keeps it stable, right? Who brings it every day, who has their no matter what's, who is the foundation of what's going on around you and buys into the culture that everyone's trying to do. Because if you have a guy who influences the room and the coaches are over here and he doesn't agree with the coaches, well, that room's going to go split right down the middle or it's going to go yeah. completely that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think when you have a well-oiled machine and if you removed that person and things would go sideways, I think that's the definition of being a leader. I feel like when you're just a guy that you can get replaced, like you're out and people don't notice. I think that yeah. is like the self-awareness that you need to learn. Like, Hey, I need to bring something. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of a, sometimes you don't really know what you have until it's not there, you know? And I, and I've been parts of teams like that before. It's, it's just kind of the nature of things, you know, you you have to challenge yourself to, to really appreciate what you have. Um, And and you, you mentioned the term buy-in and that's great. I I was talking to my college baseball coach uh, around Thanksgiving time. He, he said, you know, we never really talked about buy-in, but we didn't have to, you know, like we were just a bunch of guys who loved each other, who loved playing baseball and who were good at playing baseball, you yeah. know? And I think how he explained it to me was as his, it was his second year uh, with the program that we went to the NCAA tournament and 
and he's like, yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys just, you know, I came in and, and you trusted me just like, like you've known me for years, you know, and, and just to, to really stick with the process, even though you're not sure what result you're going to get. Um, it's just, you know, it's, you got to have faith and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's funny. It's easy when things are good. It's easy to buy in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When things start going sideways and people are struggling and you're just chasing your tail, you're working, you're not seeing results. It's easy to kind of go, Oh, I'm not going to buy into this. This isn't working. This isn't working. Well, it's like cough syrup, right? You have a cough and a cold and you take it that first day. It tastes awful, but you take it for eight days in a row. You stop coughing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just, that's something I've noticed too. Whether, whether the game plan in your brain that the coach has or the rules or something else is completely just, you don't agree. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not getting the results, but yet you're, all of a sudden you buy into the game plan. Okay. We're going to buy in whether we fail or not, we're buying in, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Generally you kind of work yourself out of whatever pickle you're in. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's when you, it's when you get pockets of not buying in is when the buy-in doesn't work. It, you yeah. Know? And it, it doesn't take, it. it doesn't take much, you know, it, it, <laughs> it could be one guy. It could be, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't take much. So even if the game uh, plan stinks and 20 guys are like, Kate, we're buying into it. And we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like you find success still. You do. Absolutely. It might take a little bit, but I, th- I still feel like even if you think the game plan's a joke and you're Absolutely. whatever, if 20 guys are like, we're going to do the game plan, we're going to buzz and we're just going to work. I think you come out on top more times than you don't. I really do. Yeah. I, I agree with you hundred uh, <laughs> percent. That's awesome. Um, so uh, the next question, there's two more questions. So uh, bear with me here. Your fourth year as a pro um, outside of, you know, obviously you moved from Des Moines to Milwaukee. Um, what, what's changed? Like, obviously we've talked about like your perspective on things have changed a little bit with the coaching experience. But I guess just kind of a general question: what What's changed for you and your outlook on being a pro hockey player? I think it's it's interesting. Um, just turned twenty eight years old the other day. Happy belated not birthday, young, by the way. Not, yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> not a young man anymore, but right. still a young man. Um, but when I was in Des Moines, I started to be the old guy on the team, right? I had been there a few years kind of working my way through whatever role I wanted to exceed or gain more of a role in. And um, I definitely think if you ask my teammates when I was in Iowa that, that last year, they would say I was definitely a leader on the team and someone that uh, was steering the ship, you know, and I think when that part of my hockey uh pro hockey experience ended and I knew it was ending and somebody new wanted me it one was a fresh start and two is going to be that uncomfortable feeling again where I'm the new guy um I I think when you get comfortable I think being comfortable is good I do think it's good but I do think that being uncomfortable is a good challenge and can help you grow a lot I really do 
So mm-hmm. I was comfortable in Des Moines, knew how to get through practice every day. Bad term, right? Get through it. I knew yeah. how to do that. I knew how to manage my sleep schedule. I knew what to do, where to eat. It was comfortable. It was home. I was there for four years. Um, yeah. I knew where to find you if I needed you, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and now I'm in a new place that I've never been, never lived, had to find a new apartment, new living situation, mm-hmm. meet a bunch of new people, learn a new system. And that made me feel really young. And that energized me to kind of impress some fresh eyes. Um, it keeps you, keeps you sharp, right? I mean, it, it does. It does. Yeah. Cause not that I was complacent. I worked hard every day in Iowa and whatever yeah. else, but there's that, that's different feeling when you go to a national predators training camp and you know, nobody, <laughs> not a coach, not whatever. And you're the new guy. And it's just like, well, here we go. <laughs> like, good luck. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Good luck. Let's, let's see what we can do. But I, it really energized me to have a fresh start. It really did. And yeah, I love Des Moines. Awesome I wasn't dreading Des Moines. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think I needed a fresh start. Right. But then all of a sudden the fresh start came to me for whatever reason. And it it perked me up. It did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've talked before about, about kind of battling through adverse situations. Right. Uh, And, and your situation, it, it was a little bit of adversity, like you said, because you had kind of made, made a home for yourself and you felt like you were a leader on that team. Um, But, you know, uh, adversity builds stronger men right like there's some kind of saying similar to that um but but it it all ties together you know that that challenge makes you feel young again it keeps you sharp um it it challenges you and and i'm a big believer that you know you just gotta you just gotta roll with the punches Uh, if if you're being challenged you you gotta believe that it's gonna be good for you down the road um yeah and, and having that perspective and all the while staying in the moment and just getting through it, you know, whether that's hockey, baseball, or whether that's your personal life, you know, like just stuff happens. That's that's the one thing I've always thought, like, and people are going to go, Oh, it's an East two brainer guys. But, um, (laughs) and I mean, it's different for everyone, but I, I've always felt like you can get into this, just that, that constant cycle, like back home, like if, you know, Mm -hmm or anywhere you are in Des Moines, if I would have played in Des Moines for 10 years, <laughs> would I have experienced all I could, Not you know? Yeah. And would I have grown, am I going to grow more because I had to find a new place and live in a city where I'm parking in my truck in an underground garage, which isn't me <laughs> at all. That's not me. <laughs> but am I going to grow because I had that experience and that challenge of going somewhere new and meeting new people and managing my life a different way. Um, I just think it's so important, especially when you're young, cause there's just minimal risk. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm getting on my soapbox here, but man, like no, if I could give it to the younger people, like do some uncomfortable things, you know, just take a risk and do some uncomfortable things. Go work a job in California on the beach yeah. And just enjoy it for a summer. You know, just like things like that. I've, I've always thought about being able to do that since I never can because I always training and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that, that's just like the one piece of advice I would give. Like just challenge yourself to be uncomfortable in a situation and then make it through. Like just find a way to just fall yeah. in love with it. 
that's fantastic, man. And, um, you know, it just came to me cause I'm wearing this hat, a quarter lane hat. So I really, beautiful um, place. beautiful yeah, place. And, and so it, what you just said kind of reminds me, you know, uh, my brother who, who just decided, you know, after three years of bartending and, and you know, saving up some money as Zorba's like, he, he just, he just moved out there. Like, you know, just cause he felt like it, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and now he's, I, I believe he's back home now, but I mean, he's out there for over a year, you know, and that's, that's one of those things that, I was just like, okay, that, like that's impressive, you know, like that, that inspires yeah. me to continue to challenge myself and do uncomfortable things, you know, and, and continue to grow. Um, but experiences like that, I agree with you. They, uh, you might not know it in the moment, but a couple of years later down the line, you're gonna be like, okay, well, I'm glad it happened that way. You know, um, well, that one time in Coeur d'Alene, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, that's just the way I see it not right or wrong you know it's just something i think people should do yeah yeah i agree with you that's fantastic um last question another broad one um we talked a little bit about developing identities um staying present things like that uh the question is what keeps you going you know in your fourth year you're you're at the level that you've been at for the past three what keeps you going? Well, you've known me a long time and I don't like to lose much at things and it could be yeah. bags. It could <laughs> be just a bachelor party golf tournament. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I don't like to lose and this and not playing for that seven, eight months on over that COVID stretch. Mm-hmm. Coaching was my fix for competing a little bit. Yeah. But I just knew like, that was my like first taste of like, Oh, if I was done playing, what would I be doing? And it made me go, yeah, I need to be playing because this is what I love to do every single I bet day. that wasn't an un- uncomfortable feeling, wasn't it? Oh, to not be I was able like, to play. Yeah, I'm not ready to be a teacher. I'm not yeah. ready to be a coach full yeah. time. I'm not ready to nine to five. I, this isn't me. Yeah. You know, um, I absolutely love going to the rink every day and I love competing. And I mean, for people that have been on a team or in a locker room or in an office that just clicks being around the guys and the staff and those people every single day, is just an absolute joy. Like you yeah. don't have many bad days. You truly don't. I'm blessed yeah. to say that. I don't know if I've had a bad day. I've had hard days, but I don't know if I've had a bad day being a hockey player. Mm -hmm. And that's, to me, that's super cool. And that's what keeps me going. Like, I absolutely love doing this. And it's so corny. And people are like, oh, man, it's just classic (laughs) answer. I do. I absolutely love it. If I didn't love it in the summer when I get back, it's like, oh, you should take time off, take time off. It's like, dude, I can't take time off. I got to go to the gym because I'm going to be a slug. I can't sit around. And do nothing. I love doing this. I love going yeah. on the ice and skating and shooting and just even if I'm out there alone, I don't dread doing that. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I mean that's what keeps me going. And I still gotta get to the NHL, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean hey, I still gotta do it. Five year old me it. would be like yeah. if I had that mindset where I was not gonna make it, five year old me would be like, You're a clown, man. You're gonna make 
You know, I always say that to myself. Um, what would five-year-old me say? The kid that got up at 6 a.m., put on his gear for practice that was at noon, like just ready to go six hours early. That kid loved hockey, man. Like, don't let him down. Don't let him down. Yeah. Uh, man, that's awesome. Um, just to hear you talk about uh, how how you really just love doing what you're doing, like showing up every day with a sense of gratitude, a sense of purpose, you know, kind of spreading that throughout the room, like getting other people around you to feel that and, and, and make everybody else better. You know, um, we didn't really talk much about, you know, serving our teammates or serving the people around us, but, but I, it's easy to tell that you're a guy who, like you said, it comes naturally, you know, and, and that's the best part about it is, yeah, you want to, you want to achieve your goal of making it to the NHL, but, you understand the best way to do that is, is to enjoy it and, and to really try to make everybody else better. You know, being selfless ultimately selfishly helps you reach your goals. Uh, I really do believe in that. Um, and it, it just some, some dynamite stuff, man. It's, uh, that's all I had. Um, <laughs> if there's anything else that you want to add, maybe, you know, you, your social media stuff so people can follow along your, your hockey Academy. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll share the pod and post post on that stuff and try to get it out there. Uh, but I mean, I just, the other thing too, that, I mean, we could easily say it over a couple of drinks or something one time, but yeah. Um, how important having you in Des Moines was for me. So a guy going to a new city, new team, and I had a guy I grew up with and one of my best friends living there already, having a life, establishing himself. That away from hockey support and foundation and trust. And man, I just, I can't express how awesome it was to have you around for the four years I was there. I, I yeah, I just can't. It was great. It, and I think we both went through hard things there. Yeah. And we had each other through it. And I think my love's a little tougher at times, but I also think you gave me tough love back. Cause you knew that's, that's kind of how I was. And yeah. we challenged each other and it was, it was fun to be people and share it over hockey and baseball and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to thank you for being in the right place at the right time and being a good friend all these years and how much I appreciated our, our time together and our future still. Yeah. Yes, sir. If you ever want to come back, let me know. Holy <laughs> God. I got weddings and all kinds of stuff going on. For you. Yeah. <laughs> man, uh, yeah. Absolutely love yeah. it, man. Awesome. But I mean, it goes both ways. You know, you continue to, to be a role model for me, you know, even though I'm what, seven days older than you, <laughs> 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 but, but really, um, no, your friendship and what you're doing. I mean, everything, it, it, it just keeps me going as well. You know, we, let, let's just keep feeding each other. You know what I mean? Um, yep. it's, it's awesome you. stuff. Really awesome. So I really do thank you for your time though. Um, hope you enjoyed your day off because I know you don't get many, but yeah, it's um, good. Love it. Awesome, man. Well, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have this up tomorrow morning and, um, I'll send it to you first. So, We'll be on our way. 
I'll check it out. See if I have to veto it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, that, that was an hour well spent. So thanks for your time again. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, it. man.